Well, it's lovely to be here this morning. Everybody happy? Man, I've had a week. I don't know about you, but I've had a week. I've had all kinds of things kick off this week. To be honest, halfway through the week, I was a bit fed up. And I know I was fed up because I was driving the car. And I was going down the street where I live, around to the corner, and a car pulled around the corner. And, you know, it was one of those situations where it was going to be him or me. And to be honest, I had a long way to reverse, and he just had a little few yards to go. And he just sat there looking at me. And I thought to myself, I'm going to kill him. (laughs) And I realized I was having a bad week. So I ended up reversing halfway up the street. And as this guy came, he put down his window. So I prepared for a fight. I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind. Do you know what he said to me? Jolly binder. Do you know what he said? I'm sorry, mate. I couldn't reverse the car. I couldn't see where I was going. I said, oh, get lost. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said, you know, do you know how I realized I was driving the car? Jesus was driving the car, wasn't he? And all of a sudden, I thought, goodness me, Dave, you're so stressed and wound up and worked up about all kinds of things that actually it's just coming out in your attitude towards people. Now, I don't know if you do that. Well, actually, I've been your pastor a long time. I know most of you do do that. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's life is tough. Life is challenging. You know, and I, I think this morning, you know, one of the things that is my ambition when I come to church is, you know, uh, you know what? Here's the deal, friends. I, I don't need to be slick. Thank God. I, I don't need everything to work perfectly. I don't need everything to be, you know, beautiful. I don't need the latest technology. I don't need everybody to sound amazing. I don't need everybody to even be happy. But I do need Jesus. I do need Jesus. You know, when we come together as the people of God, you know, our only agenda should be, you know what, I want to meet with God today. I I don't know why you've come today. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know where you're at. I've had a week from hell, and all I know is that I need Jesus. All I know is that actually it's the Lord who is my light and my salvation. It is God who strengthens me and arms me for war. That's what the Bible says. It is God who makes a difference in my life. And I want you to just, when you come together as the people of God, I want you to get past all the superficiality of life that so often consumes the things that, 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 that are in our hearts. And actually, as we gather together, let's open our hearts to the Lord. And we've had these amazing uh, messages in tongues this morning. If you're not used to that, um, excuse us. We, we practice gifts of the Spirit. And um, we just like it when uh, God speaks. And messages in tongues is someone bringing a message from God in a heavenly language and an interpretation came and I loved it because it was Godward and I think that's how it should be and uh, it is praise the Lord, praise the Lord you as people. You know sometimes we want God to, to tell us about how wonderful we are. Friends the deal is we tell him how wonderful he is and in telling him how wonderful he is you start to feel better. I Just a quick announcement, I'm seeing him at the back, Carl and Sam next Saturday at 3.30. She's hiding. Come on, stand up. Everybody can see you. You're going to have to be standing here. Getting married next Saturday. <laughs> She's hitting him already. What a beautiful sign that is. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
You know, we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for Sam and Carl. We thank you for lives that have been changed, Lord, and strengthened by your goodness, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, as they commit to one another in married life next week, Father, Lord, you would bless them as a couple. Lord, in all the stress of preparation and family and all of that stuff that's going on around their lives, Lord, we surround them, Lord, in the spirit, Lord, with your presence, Lord, and we ask you to bless them this week. May this week be a week of enjoyment and peace for them. Lord, and as they stand here next Saturday to make value before you. I pray you bless them and their household, Lord, with your love and with your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, so uh, I just want us to be kind of like uh, real this morning. Is that okay? You know me, I, uh, I, I, that's all I've got really. I haven't got much else. I'm trying to find my sermon at the minute. That'd be great, wouldn't it? I was driving into work a few weeks ago. I do a lot of driving and, uh, you know, um, I sometimes think the Lord puts me in a car so he can actually talk to me. Um, And uh, I was just driving down Nottingham Road, coming into work one morning. The verse popped into my head. Keep yourself in the love of God as you wait for the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. And I was like, Lord, what's going on here? Keep yourself in the love of God. And I'm going to talk about this for the next few weeks. Keeping yourself. Um... You know, the truth is that uh, it, keeping yourself is a, is a commitment that we make when we decide to follow Jesus. The verse is Jude, Jude verse 21. It's only got one chapter, Jude. So if you want to read a short book of the Bible, Jude, you're one. But uh, it's, quite, it's got some stuff in it. Um, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Wow, what a verse. And it says, you know what? If you're going to live for God, you know, now people are going to tell me you haven't read the whole context. You read the whole context yourself. It's only 28 verses. So, you know, you can read it yourself and you'll find I'm not preaching out of context. So you're fine. Um, but, but I want to concentrate on this little verse because the truth is, I think keeping yourself in God's love is one of the biggest challenges of being a Christian. I don't know about you, but it doesn't take much for other people to push me away from God. I want to blame everybody else, but the Bible says I've got to keep myself. Hello. I'm going to say that a lot today. I'm just in the mood. You know, we need to recognize that it's, you know, we can blame. We live in a blame society where everybody blames everybody. And everybody wants to say, well, it's their fault that this has happened to me. And it's their fault this has happened to me. And it's their fault. Friends, that even might be true. You can't always hate what confronts you in life, but you can decide how you respond to it. You can decide what's going to come out of your mouth. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. There's a promise for someone this morning. You're saying, oh, that's unfair. This is, where, this is what's surrounding my life. Hey, this is what the psalmist said. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I don't care what's come and confronted me. What I care is what's going to follow me and Jesus is with me. And so I want you to take hold of the word this morning. Keep yourself in the love of God. I prefer an easier model. I prefer Jesus keeps me. And here's the amazing truth. The Bible says he does. The Bible says that I'm secure in him. The Bible says that, you know, Jesus said, no one can snatch them out of my hand. Wow, isn't that an amazing thing? But you see, that's a doctrinal thing. I want you to understand it's true. No one can take you away from him apart from you. Because it also says, keep yourself. See, if someone offends you and you walk away from Jesus, it's not their fault, it's yours. Did you hear what Miles said last week, that little quote? Forgiveness is a poison that you take expecting someone else to die. Oh, sorry, unforgiveness. That would make sense, wouldn't it? (laughs) 
I was trying to be cool then, giving a great quote that Miles gave. Didn't pull that off. Unforgiveness is a poison that you take expecting someone else to die. What a truth that is. You swallow it. You hold on to it. You get cross about it. You rage about it. You think about it. It fills your life with all kinds of things. And you wish that those other people would, would die or get, at least get sick. But the truth is, they're okay and you're the one who's getting ill. Why? It, because you haven't learned to keep yourself in the love of God. I love that. Keep yourself in God's love. I want to talk just about what it means to be in God's love for a few moments this morning um, before I get to the real issue. (laughs) Uh, See, in God's love, what an amazing place that is. Don't you think? See, all these songs that we sing, all these things of worship, all these these songs of coming and gathering and entering into the presence of God, they, they are all about coming into God's love. They're about understanding our, our, the truth that the people of God can count themselves as living in the love of God. And it changes everything. You see, being loved by God changes so much about your life. To be in God's love is a positional truth. It's a state of being. Once we were not the people of God, but now we are the people of God. Once we were without hope, but now we have hope. It's a positional thing. So the truth is when it says keep yourselves in God's love, it means you need to understand something that God has taken you out of being dead to him and made you alive and seated you with Christ in his presence. Wow. See, that's the theological truth that we have to take hold of this morning. It's a big thing, isn't it? You know, it's not about how we feel. It's not about how we express it. It's not about what we've done. It's not about whether we've worked it out. It's about Jesus dying on a cross. And on the cross, he tore open the veil in the temple. That's an amazing song, isn't it? Death could not hold him. We were going to sing that, but we never go that far because the Lord was with us. So we're okay. The song is unimportant. The Lord is. And the veil was torn in two, and all of a sudden people could come into the temple. And you know, ever since, people have been trying to rebuild the veil. But Jesus opened the way to God. So therefore, we can come right into the presence of God. It's our position. The place where the high priest could only go once a year. Friends, you and me can walk straight in, boldly, into the presence of God. It's a positional thing. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you like being in the presence of God? See, so often we take it for granted. We do, don't we? We take it for granted. Oh, it's Sunday, isn't it? Can't be bothered. Have a day off. Oh, the market's on. Let's go to the market. See, there's a there's a there's a slackness. There's an. just something that we've forgotten to understand. It's such a privilege to be positioned in God's love. That it, it changes everything. And sometimes we just live with it and we forget it. Secondly, there's protection in God's love. Do you know, the Bible says, you are my hiding place. You always s- surround me with songs of deliverance. You know, some of you here today, you need to hear a song of deliverance sung around you because you're in God's love. And in God's love, there's some protection that reaches out to you. God brings you into his presence. And when you're weary and overcome, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. There's protection in God's love for your life and for your circumstances. 
He's our shelter. He's our rock, our fortress. These are all descriptions we find within the scripture of who God is. And they're trying to teach us that actually in God's love, there's protection for our lives. For our lives, body, soul, spirit, mind. Some of you today, you need rest in God. You need rest because there's a piece of, uh, in your heart that's just struggling. And God wants to protect you from fear. Fear is a terrible thing, isn't it? It consumes people's lives. And God wants to set you free from fear because in God's love, there is protection. There is peace. I've got 53 Ps this morning. I'm like petit pois. Do you know what I mean? Small peas. We've got peace. See, in God's love, there is peace. See, here's the truth. Jesus, uh, the scriptures say, I will keep in perfect peace him whose minds are steadfast because they trust in me. There's peace in God's love. I don't know about you, but friends, sometimes the only place I can find peace is sitting with God and saying, you know what, Lord, I am yours and you are mine. Lord, that's my hope today. That's my reality today. That's what I'm trusting in today. That's what I'm taking hold of today. It's peace, Lord, because everything else is raging and everything is, is causing me uh, to be stressed. I love the story of, of uh, the disciples in the boat, uh, um, in the storm, fighting for their lives, and Jesus asleep with his head on a pillow. That's amazing, isn't it? And they're going, don't you care if we drown? And he's going... In an annoying fashion, relax, lads. It's going to be okay. Don't you hate it when people have peace and you don't? (laughs) Doesn't it irritate you? That's just one more thing to take away your peace if you're not careful, isn't it? Don't you hate it when you meet someone who's in the midst of war and they're not stressed? They're like, it's okay, the Lord's with me. And it just reminds you, actually, yeah, I've known that. I mustn't have kept myself in the love of God. Because if I had kept myself there, I I would have peace too. And all of a sudden, I have to remind myself, I need to come. See, the Bible says of having peace in our hearts and mind, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, we know that verse. The bit I want to focus on is which transcends all understanding. In other words, you can have peace when you can't understand how you can have peace. That's a promise, isn't it? I'll take that. It transcends all understanding. Actually, my understanding tells me I should be panicking right now. Ah! But the peace of God in my life tells me, you know what? It's going to be okay. And about you, but we can trust God. See, here's the deal, friends. Either this is absolutely true and it's worth everything or it's not worth anything. That's how we have to live. We're people of faith. We're not people who think, if I do this, this, and this, everything will work out well. Friends, that's religion. That's trying. We might as well get on our knees and do a pilgrimage up a mountain. Because that's what we're trying to work it out. If I do this, God will do this. Friends, that's religion. Faith is, I am living in the love of God. And therefore, I can have peace in the midst of the storm. Oh, the boat is turning and being tipped upside down. What am I going to do? Well, I just think I might have a sleep. How many of us could do with some of that? 
rather than just try and work it out and fight it. See, part of the deal with our understanding is that really, most of the time we don't have peace because we're trying to work out peace in our heads. If I do this, 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 and this, and then make that happen, and then force them to do that, I might possibly get peace. That's how we work, isn't it? But the peace of God that passes all understanding comes when we say, Lord, I can't change this, Lord. It's just beyond my control. Lord, you know what? I'm going to keep myself in your love because that's where I find peace. And all of a sudden, the peace of God becomes real for us. It's a place of provision in God's love. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Wow, isn't that amazing? The provision of God for our lives. You know, friends, God wants us to trust him. He said to the disciples, you see the birds, you see the grass, you see the flowers of the field, how they are arrayed. Even Solomon could not compete with their splendor and the Lord takes care of every one of them. How much more valuable than they are you? How much more valuable to God are you than the things which we see clothed in an amazing array around us? There's all these pictures this morning of the sunset, ah, the sunrise, sorry, sunset in the evening, sunrise in the morning, of the sunrise this morning, of the clear sky, all these pictures on Facebook, oh, isn't it amazing, isn't it beautiful, how beautiful is it, and the Lord, but how much more valuable are you? So if we can get that into our hearts, I'm in God's love, therefore the Lord will provide for me. doesn't mean I don't do anything. Of course it doesn't mean that. But it means, you know what? I can trust him to look after me and to watch over my life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forever. Wow, that's a big promise, isn't it? You're coming and you're, I don't know whether I'm coming or going this morning. You're coming, coming and going both now and forevermore. Wow. That's talking about provision, isn't it? That actually God has got this. Wherever you got, you know, you need to say to yourself this morning, God has got this. God has got me. I'm in God's love. Therefore, his provision over my life is absolute. I've lost my next point. But it begins with P, so I'm okay. Purpose. In God's love, there is purpose. See, Jesus saved us to use us for his glory. See, sometimes we make the purpose of Christianity God looking after us, but actually what the purpose of Christianity is, is that we would follow and honor him. Didn't hear many amens this morning. That's the purpose of our lives. See, see, see our lives are not our own. You were bought at a price. That's what the Bible says. See, that's part of the problem, isn't it? You see, why we remove ourselves from God's life, uh, God's love is because we want to have our own purpose. Can we just settle it now? Your purpose belongs to God. If you're a follower of Christ, your purpose is his. So there are some fights that you need to stop having because they're only a fight because you refuse to come into the love of God. And so your purpose, you keep taking it back. You're saying, well, God, I'll serve you, but... And Jesus said to the rich young ruler, you know what? Take your money and go. Because if you won't surrender it, I can't use you. Wow. 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 Anybody glad they came yet? <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? But you see, I, I, I keeping yourself in God's love, you've got to find purpose. The Bible says each one of us should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace 
in your life. In other words, God, you know, it's, it's not that we have to stop doing everything we were doing to serve God. It's mean that in the doing of our lives, we say, God, use me for you. It's not that we all have to become monks or nuns. Although some of you, that might be an idea. I'm not saying it. It's that we have to say, Lord, this is a gift that you've given me. How can I use it where I am for you? How, how can I make a difference? It's yours, Lord. Because it's your purpose in my life. And then finally, it's about promise. In God's love means to live in a place of promise. Jesus said, I am coming back again. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said, my spirit remains on you. Jesus said, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. It's a place of promise. In God's love is to be surrounded by the the purpose and the promise of God. Actually, I'll fulfill what I've spoken into your life. Wow, what an amazing thing. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The promises of God are yes. And so we say amen all his promises are yes and amen we've just started to sing that song wow what a truth that everything that God has promised is ours being in God's love is to keep yourself living with an anticipation of the promises of God being fulfilled in your life it's about faith about saying Lord though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine and there's no cattle in the stall and the harvest has failed yet I believe in a promise from God for my life. Anybody ready for that today? Though though the family is in trouble, or or, though the circumstances are raging against me, although there seems to be nobody understands me, although I've been caught out in sin and shame, although I failed again and again, yet I believe the promise of God is yes and amen for my life. That's the faith position right there. I believe that God can restore what I have messed up. I believe that God can rectify the mistakes of my life. I believe God can bring back hope where there is despair because he's a God of promise. That's what we believe today, isn't it? Well, it might be. I don't know. It could possibly be. I think sometimes it's, you know, it's the amazing place of being in God's love. His position Our position in him, protection, peace, provision, purpose, promise. I had a few more P's, but I thought that was enough. See, that's what it means to keep ourselves in God's love. That's what being in God's love brings to our lives. So here's why this verse is so important, because it says, keep yourself in God's love. It says you have to, work at staying connected to God. You have to work at, at being someone who pursues him. You have to work at keeping yourself because here's the truth. We drift away from the love of God. Hello. Anybody willing to admit it? We drift away. Thank you, love. I always like to see one person who's keen. Do you know what I mean? That's good. We drift away. All of a sudden, we find ourselves not where it's not that we set out to, to miss it. It's not that we set out to, to 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 rebel. Generally, sometimes that happens, but it's not that. It's just all of a sudden we wake up one day and find that actually we've allowed stuff to remove us from the love of God. We've allowed stuff to take us far from Him, 
and his love for us. And so all of a sudden, his provision and his peace and his purpose have become distorted in our lives because all of a sudden, we are no longer keeping ourselves. See, keeping yourself takes responsibility for you. I don't know, I want to blame everybody else, me. When I'm grumpy and I haven't talked to the Lord and I come back to the Lord, you know who the first person I blame is? You. It's that church, Lord. They're terrible people. Do you know what I mean? Somebody said, Julia, I wouldn't dare do that. We try and blame someone else, doesn't we? And the Lord cuts through all of that. Says, this isn't about anybody apart from you, Dave. You haven't kept yourself close to me. Therefore, you're living with the consequences of it. You haven't kept yourself in the truth of who I am and you. And therefore, you need to deal with what's going on in your life. Jude is encouraging believers to take the responsibility for their relationship with God. He's saying to them, you know what? Listen, Jesus has done so much, but you have to keep yourself close to him. Such a simple message, but it's such an important one. Because you see, you can keep yourself in church, but not in God's love. Hello. You can keep yourself looking like it's all good, but you're not in the love of God. And so I was just thinking about how do I land this today? How do we try and deal with that? Three things, really. Remember, we were on holiday a few years ago. Rob and Ruth will remember. And we are, I think it was your dolphin, inflatable dolphin. What a beautiful day that was. And it was windy on the beach. And the dolphin, I think Julia was on the dolphin, weren't you? Julia was riding the dolphin in the water. It's a beautiful image for everybody. When all of a sudden she fell off, said dolphin, and the wind began to just carry the dolphin far, far away. And it's just like that. The tide and the wind just combined for it to blow far away. And all the strong swimmers were chasing it. I was on the beach laughing, you know what I mean? <laughs> thinking, I'm going to have to buy a new dolphin now, do you know what I mean? So, and it just blew away, you know. And, and, the, and the harder we tried, the further it got. And I do think we, we got it in the end because I think it got caught or something. But uh, I remember just, see, there's such a picture. See, something happens and all of a sudden the wind of life just begins to blow and people just find themselves sailing away from where they should be. And they know that God loves them. And they know that in God's love, there is his presence and peace and provision. They know it all. But the wind is blowing and it's like that dolphin. It just starts to float across the top and all of a sudden they look around and they want to blame the fact that actually that that happened but but the truth is they've let themselves just float away and Jude comes and he says keep yourself see interestingly enough he doesn't say keep your neighbor he says love your neighbor see you can't make anybody follow Jesus I don't know if you've realized I can't keep anybody in the church. I don't want to. Bless them. You know, if people want to go somewhere else or leave, friends, I don't want to, I'll go and look for the sheep, but but the truth is if the sheep bites me on the, I was going to say backside, but I'm not sure I should say that. You can't make people follow Jesus, can you? You have to keep yourself in the love of God. I want to see three things you can do to keep yourself. First of all, you can keep yourself by deciding that's where I'm at. 
So then, brothers and sisters, 2 Thessalonians 2.15, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you. See, Julia's problem was she let go of the dolphin. She could have sailed off. She looked like a princess sailing off into the... <laughs> Always can redeem it, love, no problem. Um, but she sailed off. The dolphin sailed off. Why? Because she let go. I, was, I had a beautiful mental picture then. Because she let go. Listen, see, sometimes all you can do is hold on. It's, it's not about how you feel. It's not about what's going on around you. It's not about what other people are saying. It's not about what other people have said. It's you. Stand firm and hold on to the truth of what you know. You've just got to say, God, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know, God. What, why this is breaking out in my life. I don't know, God, why I'm having to walk through this valley. But evidently, I have to. See, we all want to get spiritual then, don't we? I rebuke the valley. I rebuke the sheep. I rebuke everybody. Friends, the truth is you're probably going to have to walk through the valley. So it's time you started to trust God. I was talking to Dom last week. He was preaching on the wise and foolish builders last week. And he said his revelation for the week was this, that the foolish builder who made no effort and the wise builder who made all the effort, the same thing happened. The storm came. Hey, listen, building wisely doesn't mean the storm isn't coming. The storm is coming. Jesus told us. He told us to prepare for the stuff of life. And so preparing for the stuff of life means you need to say, I have chosen to trust Jesus even in the midst of the storm. That's the faith position. The faith position isn't if I trust him, the storm won't come because Jesus tells us we will face storms. So the faith position is not, hey, I'm a Christian, the storm ain't going to touch my life. The faith position is, hey, I'm a Christian. When the storm comes, I'm choosing to put everything I have in Jesus Christ. And friends, I want to tell you that. I want to emphasize it today. You've got to decide that's where I'm at. Because if you don't make that decision, then the situation will make the decision for you. I've been a pastor 26 years. I can't begin to tell you the number of people I've seen who've let go of Jesus when the storm came. Maybe they thought I was going to be the answer, but I'm just a bloke. You're just a person. Listen, we are not the answer. We are people who point people to the answer. And the answer is in Jesus. And so you have to decide, hey, I have this hope as an anchor for my soul. I will not be moved from my hope in Christ Jesus and it's got to be something that you decide to live in and to live through secondly you keep yourself by sharing your life with other believers listen Christianity is not a solo sport you know it's not hey I'm really good at this and uh you know I'm skiing through the countryside on my own do you know what I mean it's actually I need a team of us to do this Listen, you decide and then you share your life. The Bible says, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you're doing. It says, listen, if you're going to take the long haul, if you're going to keep yourself in God's love, you need to be committed to sharing your life with other people. And you know what? We don't like that. We like to be able to choose and say, well, I'll just choose. No, friends, you've got to be committed to that. To share your life with people is hard, isn't it? It's all right when all the good bits are there. It's all right when it's, you know, roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. But when it's like, uh, actually, my life sucks, we want to retreat. We've got this instinct in us. But, you know, if we're going to keep ourselves, see, I'm not talking about you have to tell everybody your emotional problems. Honestly, you don't. 
You really don't. <laughs> Where's the rule that says we all have to tell everybody everything? It's not in the Bible. What the Bible says is we have to encourage and build one another up in our faith. You know, so we don't have to tell everybody everything. All we need to do is say, you know what? I'm struggling. I texted three friends today, this week, and said, guys, I'm having a terrible week. I used a different word. And um, I said, would you pray for me? Do you know what I mean? They're my friends, my accountability group. They all texted back. None of them said, what's going on, Dave? Tell us all about it. They said, praying now, mate. Why? Because I was willing to share my life with somebody. See, it's important, isn't it? We keep ourselves in God's love by sharing, and then we keep ourselves by prayer. (laughs) We keep ourselves by praying this. It says in James, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I love that little phrase. See, there's sometimes you just need to say, you know what? I need to be honest enough to say, I need prayer today. I, I need to confess maybe my sin as well. I mean, there's another thing that we could do a little bit more often. How many of you know it's easier to confess your sin to God than it is to somebody else? You know, it does say confess our sins to God, but it also says confess our sins to one another. If I was to start to confess my sins today, all your dinners would be burnt. You know, but, but, you know, the truth is, if you were to confess your sins, I'd probably quit. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest, friends. But sometimes we just need to find someone and say, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling today. I want to be in God's love, but you know what, I, I'm, I'm feeling all the pressure of this. Would you pray for me? When uh, we were just worshiping, Zai came to me and he just said, I just had that, that story of... Um, when Jairus came and to the, to, the, to the Lord, tell me if I get it wrong, and, um, and just said, um, you know, my, my, my daughter is in need, would you come with me? And, uh, and as he was going, the woman with the issue of blood crept up through the crowd and touched him. And um, you know the story, she was healed instantly, and then uh, Jairus got to the house, and he, the Lord raised his daughter to, from, from the dead. And uh, as I was just saying, he just felt the Lord was saying, you know, some of you just need to be, some of you are in the place where you're saying, Lord, would you please help me? It's like, like Jairus came. Others are just desperate for the Lord. You want to just press through and touch the Lord this morning. God, I need you. And, I, and I've just put this word together in the midst of a busy week. It's just in my spirit because I just feel that maybe there are people here and you need to say, I need to keep myself in God's love today. I, I, need, I need to come close to him. I, I, I know. Friends, I'm not giving anybody a hard time for drifting away or for finding themselves snatched away by the circumstances of life. Hey, I, I know that happens. I, I go through that too. But, but I've determined I'm going to keep myself in God's love. No matter what's gone on, no matter what's surrounding me, no matter what's trying to overcome me, no matter what's trying to rob me of my peace and my protection, I'm going to keep myself in the love of God. I'm going to come to Jesus sometimes ahead of the game and say, I need you. And sometimes I'm just so desperate, I'm going to press through the crowd and say, Jesus, if I can just touch you, that's all I need. But I'm going to keep myself in the love of God. I wonder, can we pray? Um, I wonder, can we have the band back? I want us to sing, I cast my mind to Calvary, if that's okay. Um, Praise the name of the Lord our God. I just want us to keep ourselves in the love of God this morning.
You know, it might be you're in the house this morning and you're, you're not yet a Christian. You haven't made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Well, I, I just need to say to you that in God's love is a place of provision for your life. That Jesus died on a cross so that you could know his provision and his peace and all these things we've talked about. That's why he came. And he called us to admit that we are sinners and that we need a savior and to put our trust in him and to follow him and to declare that we are in God's love. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they are new creations. And so this morning, even before we just come to pray with people in a moment, if that's you this morning, as our heads are bowed, please. If that's you, you're saying, Dave, I need to get my life right with God this morning. I know I'm not following him. I know I haven't really given my life to Christ. Or maybe you've backslid and maybe you've just drifted away and you need to come back to that commitment fully to Christ this morning. If that's you, then just slip your hand up, even as you're in this place today. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. I see you. Yeah, you can put your hands down. Thank you. God bless you. Father, you've seen your people just... uh, responding to you today. Lord, it's not by might or by power, Lord, that lives are changed, Lord. It's not through great preaching or through amazing worship, Lord. It's by your spirit that lives are changed. And so I pray this morning, Spirit of God, just come and hover on your people. Come and meet with them. Lord, come and redeem them. Come and cleanse them. Lord, come and set them free today. Lord, from chains that have bound their lives. And Father, they may, may they walk into freedom that comes from Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that in God's love is a place of hope and life today. And so we just, Lord, uh, welcome, Lord. Lord, brothers and sisters today, Lord, maybe who followed you once and gone away, or maybe are just fresh coming in saying, I want to know Jesus. Lord, we just bless them today. In Jesus' name.